Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Psychiatria, the show where we explore true healing and everything that might mean. I am Danny, your host, guide, and fellow human on this journey. And today I am speaking with Liz Burkholder all about hypnotherapy. This is one of those modalities that caught me by surprise. It is most definitely not the kind of hypnosis you'd find at a middle school birthday party. (laughs) Its healing powers are not to be underestimated, and that is why I was honored to be able to experience a session with Liz before recording this episode and uh, be able to tell y'all about what I learned and how it all goes in this conversation with Liz. So, without further ado... Let's get started. Hello, Liz. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I am pretty jazzed for this, actually. I love having these conversations and talking about things that I know very little about, which is really my whole reason for this podcast. So, um... (laughs) Before we get too much into it, why don't you go ahead and take a minute to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yes. Okay. So I'm Liz Burkholder, and I am a um, psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner and a hypnotherapist, trauma specialist, yoga teacher, intuitive. (laughs) We Mm. can give give lots of labels, but um, in essence, I work with mental and emotional health mostly, and I use uh, a certain type of hypnotherapy as my main modality that I use. Mm-hmm. And what is that type of hypnotherapy? So it's transpersonal and trauma healing hypnotherapy, okay. which is built upon the foundation of heart-centered hypnotherapy. Hmm. Cool. I would love to get more into what all that means <laughs> in a minute. Yes. Yeah. So before we do that, I would love to talk a little bit about kind of how you found hypnotherapy and what sort of started this journey for you? Yes. Okay. So I'll just say, first of all, I've been on a a self-healing journey since I was 17. Um, And I guess we can talk more about that in a moment, but I was in a a bad place at 17 and was arrested and I was a high school dropout and I had PTSD and anxiety and depression and all these Mm -hmm. issues. Well, fast forward. And again, we can talk about that in a moment, but I was a nurse practitioner um, six years ago, almost six years ago. And I was working with mental and emotional health patients. And I was mostly doing conventional medicine at that time. So I was mostly prescribing medications, which is kind of the number one Mm -hmm. thing that we learned to do right in mental health is prescribe medications. So I was doing that. And then I also had so many patients coming to me with so much trauma. And they would start talking about all their trauma and their childhood trauma. And I knew that I had had a lot of childhood trauma myself. And I had worked so much on this over like 20 years of healing myself and working through my own trauma. And it was a huge passion to help them with theirs. And so I thought I need something like more tools or to help them on a deeper level. And I had a friend who was a therapist and she had done this heart-centered hypnotherapy And she kept saying, you need to do this hypnotherapy. And I was like, man, hypnotherapy, what even is that? What does that mean? What, what is that? You know? So 
we I can't kept... think of hypnosis as like the thing that you do at your eighth grade party and you know <laughs> like somebody volunteers and they like swing a thing in front of their face and right. then they get up and do the chicken dance like right the stage hypnosis or entertainment hypnosis yeah as we call that which is the kind that I do is nothing like that so um yeah I kept being called to this and just, it kept coming into my experience and into my awareness. And, and I decided, you know, I I feel like I need to do this. I didn't even know fully what I was getting myself into. And I went to this six day intensive training in Florida and it changed my life. Like I walked in one person and I walked out another person in this training. And I thought I was going there just to help my patients and to help my clients. And when I got there, I realized that I was there for myself. Mm-hmm. And then I was there to heal the deeper layers of trauma that I had never gotten to in all my other types of self-healing work. Wow. And, and I had done a little bit of dabbling in like inner child work through the years because I had read books by Dr. John Grisham, um, not John Grisham, Dr. Um, oh, my, I just lost it. He wrote a lot about inner child work. Yeah, and so no I had read these books um, about inner child work and had dabbled in that a little bit, but had never intensively done it until I got into this training. And and again, when I got in there, we had to facilitate sessions with each other as the learning, the training phase. So it's a lot about doing our own work as the clinicians. Mm -hmm. So that, because the idea too, is that we can't help people go fully deeply into their own stuff if we haven't healed our own stuff. So, um, yeah. So, wow, a lot of trauma started coming up and, and in my sessions that I did there. And it was life-changing. And it was, I can't even put into words like what happened in those sessions, but it was the deepest healing I had ever experienced in my whole life. Mm. And something changed. Something shifted. It cracked me open. It, it like healed some deep layers. It was I was a different person. So yeah. I came I out. I can feel the, the magnitude of this it just was, as, you're, as you're talking about it. Yeah. It's amazing. I can't even hardly put it into words. Um, what happened there, but I came home and I started using this hypnotherapy with my own clients and my own patients. And miraculously they started getting better. And like people started having big shifts and big changes and coming out of deep depressions, coming out of agoraphobia. Like some, I remember having a couple of patients who wouldn't even leave their house and they did a few sessions and they were like, I'm going to lunch by myself in this restaurant. And just, I thought, wow, this, this is something like, there's something to this. And I want to know more about this. And this is what mm. I want to do. And this is my calling. This is my purpose. So I ended up doing another, the second level. It was through the Wellness Institute out of Seattle. And I did the second level, which was the Advanced Hypnotherapy Internship, which was was a two-year internship. Mm-hmm. And so I did this two-year internship and continued to learn and grow in this and learn how to do this and how to actually treat shock and trauma. Mm-hmm. And clearing my own stuff while I'm doing this. So we're still doing our own work throughout this whole internship, practicing on each other, basically, and clearing and healing our own stuff, learning how to do it with others. And it was just life-changing. Like that whole two years changed my life in, in ways that I can't even put into words either. And it shifted everything about my career. And I completely went out of conventional medicine and, and went more and dove down into the um, holistic, complementary, complementary and alternative rabbit hole Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just started really digging into that and got into, I eventually got certified in yoga teacher training. And, um, we, I do breath work, facilitate breath work. I do, um, 
hypnotherapy, psychodramas, all kinds of different things that we didn't do or learn in conventional medicine. Precisely. Yeah. And, um, and, and I'm still on this journey today and yeah. it's just been amazing. It's just so healing. It's the deepest healing I've ever experienced. And, and I just love to share it with people if, if they feel called to do it. Mm. Wow. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I, I just, I think your story says a lot for itself, but I, I want to reiterate too, again, like the energy that comes into the space when you're talking about this, um, you can kind of feel how expansive and transformative and um, just this whole experience and, and the energy of all these practices. And yeah, it's beautiful. It's so cool. It's so cool. Um, yeah. So all of that being said, what is hypnotherapy? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what? what's funny is that we're still figuring out exactly what's happening in the brain and what's going on with hypnosis and hypnotherapy, but just kind of my quick little way that I explain it. So there's hypnosis, there's general hypnosis, and that is what we, def- we call a narrowed focused attention on something. And we go in and out of this trance state all day on our own. Mm. So trance states are natural for humans. Like if we're in a state of say daydreaming Mm -hmm. or we're even ruminating or obsessing about something, we're really in a trance state and we're playing things, what what I would call like a negative trance state. We're playing things over and over in our mind. Um, There's also a thing called, we call highway hypnosis, where if you're driving somewhere and you totally forget, like you're not even paying attention and you get somewhere and you're like, Oh, I don't even remember driving here. I don't remember the turns I took, you know, it's, that is a state of your being, your, your subconscious mind is driving the car because it already knows where to go and how to drive. And your conscious mind is totally somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So that's even a trance state, like you're in a trance state. And then if if you're engrossed in a movie or a book, if you've ever like been totally engrossed in it, you're like, you're in a trance and you're like, you come out of it and you're like, wow, wait, where am I? What time is it? Right. So those are kind of just um, examples of natural trance states that we're in and out of all day. Hypnosis is using that state to, as a therapeutic tool to help with mm-hmm. something, to heal something, to cure something, to shift something within. Mm-hmm. And when you're in that state, you're more susceptible to um, suggestions. Mm-hmm. So when you're in that trance state, you're more sub- susceptible to shifting and changing things on a deeper level because you're in the subconscious mind versus the conscious mind. Mm -hmm. And so there's estimates that we are, our conscious mind is only like five to 10% of our mind capacity. We only Mm -hmm. use like five to 10% of our mind capacity and in that conscious mind. And there's so much else that's underneath like 90 to 95% of our mind is unconscious, subconscious and unconscious. Mm -hmm. So what happens when we get in that hypnotic state trance state. We also sometimes call it a meditative state. Those are a lot of, um, they're overlapping like meditation. I mean, they're different in some ways, but they're still kind of all in this trance state and there's different levels of that trance state, right? So there's deep and, uh, more superficial levels of that. But when we go into that trance state, typically we're moving out of beta brain waves and even alpha brain waves into theta brain waves. Mm-hmm. which is just before sleep. Sleep is delta brainwaves. So when we're in that theta brainwave state, we are more susceptible to suggestions, but we're also more in our subconscious and we're more uh, aware of 
what's going on inside us. We're more, um, we can tune in more easily to memories, to traumas, to repressed emotions, to what we're sensing in our body, to all kinds of things. Um, because our subconscious mind has stored everything basically. Mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> and it's all there. We just don't necessarily have access to it, especially from the conscious thinking analytical mind. But when we get in this trance state, we can access anything. It's like pulling files and it comes mm-hmm. up very easily. And um, so when we're in that hypnotic state, there's lots of different, we can just, there's lots of stuff going on within. It's really hard to explain. So you're tapped yeah, into yeah. your creative center you're having visualizations. Usually you're having experiences and awarenesses that are coming in that you may not have been aware of before. So even just that state itself can be very healing. And that's kind of just a general hypnosis state. Well, then there's um, what I call hypnotherapy, which is going deeper, which is really doing therapy in that hypnotic state. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's my definition of it. So we're um, when you're in that state, I may be asking questions and kind of honing into deeper things than we would would with just general hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And then there's this um, heart-centered hypnotherapy and, and the one that I've created, this new protocol, transpersonal and trauma healing hypnotherapy. Very mm-hmm. similar. And that goes even deeper. And there's a lot of age regression that's included here. There's a lot of inner child work that's included here. There's a lot of trauma work that's included here. There's a lot of releasing shock from the body. It pulls in all aspects of the self, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. So some people have very deep um, spiritual experiences or metaphysical experiences or mystical experiences during this. Um, So it kind of just ties it all together and it's a much deeper, we hit on the very deep layers Mm -hmm. because the idea too is that most all of our issues started in childhood. Mm. (laughs) So, So like ages zero to seven, we are in our subconscious mind. We're already in all in the delta and theta brainwaves. So we're soaking in everything and we're soaking in all the messages around us, either direct or indirect messages. And so usually by seven, we've already got some really core beliefs already anchored in. Mm-hmm. And often those are not good ones, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Often their beliefs like, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I don't measure up. I don't fit in. Oh, I'm not lovable. Oh, I'm not worthy. Um, I don't belong. You know, there's, I'm alone. No one's here for me. Mm. I always say this, like I've done hundreds of sessions over the last five and a half years and I can count on like both hands, the core beliefs that are across everyone in, Mm. in some form or fashion. And it's the, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. I don't fit in. I don't belong. My voice doesn't matter. I don't matter. My needs don't matter. I'm all alone. Um, and it's it's usually eight to 10 and, and pretty much everyone probably has more than one of those on a Mm. core level somewhere. Yeah. And they just show up differently in our lives. So, you know, we're one person, they may show up in relationships where inside they feel, I don't deserve a healthy relationship. I'm not worthy of that, but they don't, they're not even aware of that. So it may show up as tumultuous, unhealthy relationships in another person. It might show up in health. They're very unhealthy and there may be a core belief in there that I don't deserve to be healthy. I don't deserve to, to be healthy for one reason or another. I mean, it could show up in money and finances. Like that's always a worthiness issue. It's always like, I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's core beliefs that kind of drive our patterns and our behaviors unconsciously. So we're not Mm -hmm. even often aware of those. Yeah. 
yeah, this stuff shows up in so many interesting and surprising ways. Um, yes. And so I want to talk a bit about how the actual hypnotherapy session goes. Um, so we did one together last week. Um, so I got to have the whole mm -hmm. experience, which was incredible and really moving for me. Um, also, as somebody who's experienced a lot of these different alternative and, and healing modalities. I mean, logistically, this is something that you can do virtually or in person. I mean, currently I'm in Utah and you're in North Carolina. So we did it over Zoom and I just sat on my couch and <laughs> it was still super incredible, um, which I think is a side tangent. I think it's actually really nice to be able to do these things at home because then you can just immediately go into like rest and self-care and whatever it is that you need like you don't have to get in your car and drive right. home yes. or wherever you need to go after right. after the session so yeah these these sessions start in a certain way you um have like been in touch with the person beforehand I think you've got a little form so you uh you sort of know what mm -hmm. is going on in this person's mm -hmm. life what they are coming to you for um, so yeah, what does yep. that kind of process look like? Yeah. So I will say too on that, yes, virtual sessions can be incredibly healing. And I've had some amazingly healing sessions virtually with people I've never even met in person. Mm. And because then I would say, because energy doesn't have boundaries, right? Like there's no, I, it's like, I'm right there in the room with you and, um, and, and it can be very, very healing virtually also. Mm -hmm. um, so the, yeah. And initially Clients fill out a form and it gives, it's a checklist of things they may be experiencing. And then there's a question that says, what are the top one to three things that you would want to work on mm -hmm. in hypnotherapy? So I have a good general idea of what people are coming in for, what they're wanting to work on. And sometimes I've had a phone consultation with them prior also. And to be honest, I think hypnotherapy can work with anything and everything, at least this type of hypnotherapy. We can literally start with anything. It could be anxiety, depression, it could be, I want to go into my trauma and heal my trauma. It could be, I'm having relationship issues. It could be, I'm having issues with food or drinking too much or anything. Literally it could be a habit or a, a diagnosis or, or anything. Mm -hmm. um, and the start, it's the induction. We call it the induction in hypnosis, which is mm -hmm. really like a, almost like a guided meditation. Yeah. It's a relaxation exercise where we have you close your eyes, take some deep breaths. And I'm kind of walking through this with you and, in that whole first process, we're getting you out of your conscious mind and into the subconscious. We're relaxing your nervous system, relaxing your body, relaxing your mind. And, and that's getting you again into that theta brainwave state. So you're very relaxed. Your nervous system is very relaxed. When you're in that relaxed state, you have less inhibitions. You're less worried about, oh, was this person thinking of me? And you're more internally aware. You're more aware of your internal world. Mm -hmm. Um. And that's, and you don't go unconscious. Like some people are worried, oh, I'm not going to remember anything. It's nothing like that. Everything you're right. still aware. It's just kind of things are in the background. You know, they're kind mm -hmm. of, you may hear noises or you may not even hear noises because they're so in the background that you don't even notice them. Yeah. I'll, I'll type in the, um, when we were doing it, it did the beginning felt very much like a guided meditation, but like, like a, a personalized, like one-to-one -one guided meditation, which is really cool in and of itself. Um, I totally enjoyed that that part of it and that experience and some of the exercises or the the models the meditations that you use were 
familiar to me. Um, things that I've done in other kinds of mm-hmm. meditations and actually sleep meditations on Insight Timer. They use oh, yeah. the kind of like stepping down like stairs or a hill or, you know, right. into a place. And I was really curious about what the whole quote unquote hypnosis um, feeling was going to be like. Because mm-hmm. um, I tend to have a super talkative mind like a super analytical brain that's always kind of what is happening what is going on here like always a bit aware of what's going mm-hmm. on around me which has its advantages and disadvantages mm-hmm. but um i found it surprisingly easy to settle in to that space and uh there are some times throughout where you'll ask me questions um or spaces where i spoke up about something and it didn't feel hard to um to find words for that Mm. um and I remember like I heard my my neighbor's door open and close but it didn't really like there was no you kind of notice things but you don't Mm -hmm. have a reaction to them right yeah it's just a really really fascinating headspace to be in it is. So. And it's it and it's it's almost like in a dream state because again, you're dipping down almost into delta again of sleep. So you're kind of almost and some people even do in that first part, dip in and out of sleep a little bit. But so you're almost in a dream state. And so yeah, some things may feel far away or sounds may be far away. Um and there's so much to that. So when you're in that state, your body is relaxing, which Mm. it's so good for people who have anxiety or who are always on or who are always in that fight or flight, right? And trauma, people who have trauma, I'd say probably even most of us, because I believe every one of us has some level of trauma. Mm -hmm. We're in fight or flight all the time. We're in fight, flight, or freeze. So we're usually in one of those survival modes. And so just even allowing everything to slow down, allowing our mind and body and nervous system to relax in itself is healing for the body and the mind. Totally. and then we just really work on anchoring that in because some people are not used to being in that space and they are always in their head, you know, because they had to be a lot of times or we just have to be on guard and know what's going on. And so this just gets us out of our head and into our body. Mm-hmm. So this concept of anchoring in that phrase um, is not something that I have heard outside of conversations around hypnotherapy. And it's something that you brought up multiple times in our session. So what do you mean when you say yes. that? So an anchoring is kind of is a hypnosis term. So we do use that term as creating anchors or creating um, anchoring in the body or when we're under hypnosis. And what that means is we just further drive it home or drive it in to feeling it in the body. And so that's why we go into like, I'll say, go to a relaxing place in your mind that is very beautiful and relaxing and peaceful and while you're doing that and imagining this, a lot, so many people go to the beach, like they'll say, oh yeah, I, I could hear the water and I could see the sun and feel myself lying on the beach without a worry and a care. And so that in that it's, it's anchoring it in, like when you're imagining it and you're in, in that creative mode and you're in the peaceful mode and your nervous system is relaxing, your nervous system is soaking that in too. So it's, mm. it's creating, and because we're creating new neural pathways, right? Because we know because of neuroplasticity that we can create new neural pathways in our nervous system and our brain and body all the time. Mm -hmm. And so it's really just rewiring the nervous system and just staying there and sitting in that for a little bit and letting that just soak into the body and the mind, that feeling of peace and relaxation. Because again, so many of us don't even know what that feels like Mm -hmm. and don't get a moment for, for ourselves to be in that space. 
Mm-hmm. So does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. A couple of the reflections that I I had on that concept and particularly that time it was earlier on in the session where you, you know, go to this this place. Um if I'm recalling the research correctly, that's a thing that we know is that our our nervous system, our subconscious doesn't really know the difference between reality and our imagined reality. So when we're picturing ourselves in this place and we're feeling all of the senses, we're like engaging all those parts of ourselves, our nervous system is actually able to respond as if we are actually there. Yeah. Um so that is super powerful in and of itself. And then also this whole idea of neuroplasticity, um, which like as a behavioral neuroscience major, I just geek out about this concept. Um, And so I loved that you brought this concept into, I mean, I imagine you talk about it with a lot of the people you work with, but into your hypnotherapy work in general, because that is literally one of the things that's happening when you are anchoring in, in this relaxing place or in in some of you know the things that we'll get to later on as we mm-hmm. kind of walk through what the session looks like uh you're actually giving your brain time to let go of old things and to rewire new things yes um and a thought that i yes. had the other day as i was driving to to meet my friend the rest of the day we did our hypnotherapy session in the morning and the rest of the day i was like beat i was so tired mm. um i kept saying my brain was like mush, but like happy mush. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> as I was reflecting on that, um, I've had a couple of, of concussions and, and TBIs. And like, you know, when somebody has a concussion, you tell them to rest their brain. Like, don't look at screens. You don't have to think about anything. Don't try mm-hmm. to read. Like having mm-hmm. intense conversations is hard and mm-hmm. focusing and all of that because your brain is healing, mm-hmm. because you're your neurons are regrowing and the tissue is healing and all of that, which is exactly what happens when we do this deep kind of trauma work. Um, So like, of course, of course my brain was mush. (laughs) Like I made it, I made it into mush and it's um, putting itself back together in a, in a healthier, happier way. Um, Which I think I, I wish that, concept of space for rest and kind of like reconstruction and reformation and you know the the second half of the healing process you know I wish people talked more about that yes um and that it was a part of the like when you schedule a hypnotherapy session like you need to have more time than just the one hour you spend in the appointment or the hour and a half I think is how you schedule it but you need like at least three hours so you can have time after yeah (laughs) so yeah that's my 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 little rant about that that. that's such a good point (laughs) thank you for bringing that up and I do try to tell people ahead of time and I try to tell them you know it's good not to maybe go right back to work afterwards it's Mm. good to take off for the rest of the day if you can and of course, I have some people that are like, no, 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 I'll be fine. I can go right back to work or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a period of integration and mm-hmm. still processing. You know, where you're, these sessions sometimes go so deep into things and you're still processing for a while. It could be even days that people are still processing things and still mm-hmm. integrating. <clears throat> and 
you know, I have found that the more we do these types of things where we're getting into the subconscious, the kind of the faster the integration period becomes, or at least that's what mm. I've kind of noticed um, for myself and mm-hmm. some, some of my clients. But yeah, our body gets better at it. Yes, our body gets better at going into that deep trance state and doing the healing and then coming back out. Like it, it gets better at the, mm-hmm. the repairing and the all the stuff like you were talking about, the repairing and rejuvenation and revitalization. And it is, it's a detox. So sometimes we do feel fatigued afterwards, or some people even have a mild headache, or they feel really raw and open because we are going into vulnerable places. Um, I've had people say they even have physical um, releasing, like have loose stools after these because their body is releasing stuff that they've been holding on to. And so there's, it's a detox. And so you Mm -hmm. do need to take care of yourself. And I tell people try to rest afterwards or take a nap or drink lots of water or get in nature or just journal or leave yourself space to kind of process and be, mm-hmm. but this world that we're in, we're so mm-hmm. fast and go, go, go. we got to go right back to work. Some people don't follow that or can't, yeah. but, but yeah, that's a very good point. That is, we need that time and space afterwards for the healing to continue and, and to, um, yeah, for the integration. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so we're, we're back in the session kind of walking through things and this is where you start to bring in the issues, the issues, the the things that the person has kind of brought into the space and has said that they want to work on. Yes. And so um, one other thing before, so we call this resourcing. Mm. Um, and I think being in the happy place. Yes. And, and I think yeah. EMDR uses that term a lot. I'm not formally mm-hmm. trained on EMDR yet, but yeah. it's resourcing. Res- oh, yeah. So we're resourcing the body and the nervous system and we're bringing again in this feeling of safety and reminding you that you're actually in charge. You can go, you're only going to go where you want to go. You can actually um, come back here anytime. So we also use this thing we call titration where we're, we may go in and dip into some scary, uncomfortable things or feelings or situations, but then we can come back into this. We can say, okay, let's go back to your relaxing place. So we also sometimes use titration, which I don't know if we actually use that in your session. I don't think we did specifically, but Mm. it's important to have this as a base, right? Because when we're processing trauma, we don't want to re-traumatize and we don't want to go back into um, basically re-traumatization. And so we use um, the anchoring and the titration and pendulation where we're kind of going from one thing to another or um, so that we're doing it in manageable doses. And we are dispelling while we're doing that, we're dispelling any shock from the body. So I'm kind of getting ahead here, but so it's really important to do the resourcing that resources, Mm -hmm. resource state. And so in that also, I like to bring in, I, we also, I use a lot of ego parts therapy. It's called ego parts therapy or ego state therapy in hypnosis is what we call it. Some people call it parts therapy where we bring in parts of ourselves, right? So we all have as multidimensional beings, we have a body, a mind, we have emotions, we have a soul um, or a spirit part of us, or most, a lot of us believe that some don't, and that's okay too. But we pull in this part of ourselves that is very wise, very courageous, very smart, very intelligent. And, and I like to call that our empowered self, And everyone that I've ever worked with, they've never not been able to find this empowered self within them. Um, And they can visualize it and see it. And that just helps give us something, again, to just anchor onto and hold onto a visual 
And some people have very deep experiences with this. And they're like, oh, this part of me is hugging me and comforting me and saying everything's going to be okay. And in that state, that's a very powerful moving experience to feel supported. Mm-hmm. So it's really um, important that we <clears throat> stress that you have support. And even if it's just this wise adult within you, this empowered self within you, um, because you're going back into these places with assistance, with help this time. You're not all alone or super vulnerable like we were as children when we experienced a lot of our trauma, unfortunately. And we're resourced, highly resourced and supported. And so also I bring in um, spiritual connections if people have that. You know, I have had some people that say, no, I don't have any spirituality or religion or any beliefs in anything beyond my body, mind, and that's okay too. But we still pull in a part of ourselves that is very wise and compassionate. And Mm -hmm. because we still can, they can still usually connect to that or nature. Some people may say, well, I'm connected to nature. And so literally in some sessions, people are like, oh, well, there's, I'm sitting in this tree and it's literally holding me and supporting me. And like, they start crying. This is very like supportive energy that we're feeling and that may, they may not have ever felt this supported, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's a very deep thing that's happening and it's anchoring in that I have support. Mm -hmm. And so after the resourcing, then we go into, okay, what is the issue? Like whatever the issue is that brought you in, say someone says anxiety. So I start talking about, so tell me about this anxiety when you start feeling this, what's happening. And so we're really getting into the somatics. We're saying, where in my body do I feel it? Some people may say, oh, I feel this tightness in my chest. It feels like my heart's racing. It feels like there's butterflies in my stomach. It feels like I'm nauseous or whatever may be coming in. And we really hone into the sensations in the body. Mm-hmm. And then we go deeper and I'll say like, what are the emotions underneath that? And almost everyone can pinpoint emotions where if we're in our cognitive mind, a lot of times people are like, I don't, I'm not feeling any emotions. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. but when we're in that state, they, I know what's that? Like, <laughs> so when they're in that state, they can really pinpoint, oh, it feels like some sadness under there. And sometimes people may just start crying and not even know why. Um, They might say, oh, it feels like tightness and anger. It feels like some rage in my stomach, you know? And so we really want to kind of pinpoint what are the sensations in the body? What are the emotions underneath? And then what are the thoughts or beliefs around it? And and I'll say, so what are the beliefs here or the thoughts that come in? And people may say, if it's really bad anxiety, they might say, oh, I'm going to die. Like, I feel like I'm going to die. I feel like my heart's going to explode. I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. feels like something bad's going to happen feels like the other shoe is going to drop. I don't know what's next, you know, and then Mm. I use all of their terminology because that's what's playing in their subconscious mind. That's the wordage, that's the emotions, that's the feelings and sensations that are playing in their subconscious mind. So I use their term, their verbiage and their words and, and I do an age regression. Um, And so what I do is count backwards and say, we're going to go back to the source of where this started, uh, the root of where some of this first started. Mm -hmm. And I'll just reiterate when you started feeling like, oh, my heart's racing, something bad's going to happen. Because what it's doing is there's something in the past that's being triggered from the present. And again, the nervous system and the body thinks you're back in that scary situation. So it's reacting in the same way mm-hmm. as something that originally happened that was wired in, that this is scary and the nervous system needs to respond and react and all that. So yeah. So we find the core, it's like a tripwire. I always say we're going to follow the tripwire back to what's being mm-hmm. triggered, what is, what's being triggered here. Yeah. I have a couple things I, I want to yeah. say about this. Um, first, uh, about the resourcing. I found that to be so crucial in how this experience went. Um, with all the other things I've done, 
I've not experienced anything that weighed so heavily um, and, and utilized it so strongly, the resourcing and all the different kinds of, of resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and you reiterated several times to me in the session, like, and remember, you're not going back alone. I am here. Your wise self is here. Like, you're ice for my spiritual connection. I talked about my spirit tree which is literally just a tree that i would like go visit on on hikes back in michigan all the time um and you're like your spirit tree is here these you know you're this time you're not going back alone um and as somebody who has a super reactive nervous system and feels a lot of anxiety and panic these kinds of like exercises where we go back to to those experiences Mm -hmm. and um get into these feelings and emotions can be really hard yes. and scary but having this resourcing and this kind of way of doing it made it feel a lot safer yes. um, it makes it feel a lot safer and I, I imagine there are people out there who are listening to you kind of talking through this process and they're like oh my god that sounds so intense and it is intense but you're not like really aware of that in the moment um because you're in this state of subconscious and because you have these resources with you and so that i think is just fantastic and is a really powerful thing to bring into the rest of our lives yes um and then this this part where we kind of follow the tripwire like go back to that initial memory i found this fascinating um and I, <laughs> yeah i know me too. i love this stuff. yeah um and uh, you know you kind of preface it uh, the, i don't know if you do it this way with with everybody that you work with but with me you said i'm gonna kind of count back from i think 10 to 1 um and we're gonna go back to this this memory like where these beliefs lie and it's probably gonna be in childhood or you know whatever it is and and you're like, just like, trust that your body knows where to go. Trust that you're going to go where you need to go. You might not know where that is right now, but like, mm-hmm. trust the process. <laughs> and uh, it was so interesting. Literally every number that you listed off, I like jumped to a different memory, like to a different um, kind of point in time. And every time I was like, is this the one? Is this the one? Is this the one? Um, it was so it was so interesting like every time you would list off something else it was just a mm. uh a different thing and i kind of kept getting younger and younger oh, wow. as these times went on and then where the memory that we ended up at was um one that i have a picture of but is not um i didn't think that it was a particularly a particularly emotionally charged mm. uh memory which was interesting you know Mm. sometimes you think of like childhood traumatic things as being like where people are fighting or something hurt us or there's like a lot of um a lot of energy a lot of stuff going on and and this was not one of those Mm. like i was just literally sitting there um in this memory and there was stuff Mm. going on in my life like Mm. around that time that we ended up getting into but Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all fascinating. So yeah, that what you were talking about, just to move back for a second, the resourcing, um, mm. 
is so important. And that's why I love this work because it's, it's one of the only modalities that I've found that really, really does anchor in the resourcing and the importance of that and the safety. Because when we had trauma, we weren't safe. We didn't feel safe in our body. We didn't say, feel safe often in our own home sometimes, or even around our caregivers who should make us feel safe or, or in, in the world. So safety is super important to make sure people feel safe. And so, and I've even had, um, not knocking EMDR at all, because I feel like there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of good research around that, that that actually does really work for and help people really well for PTSD. Mm-hmm. But I don't like people that I've talked to from what I understand, there's not a lot of resourcing even in that. And that's mm-hmm. actually specifically kind of processing trauma too, but, um, but it's so important. Yes. And so I love, love that piece of this. And then talking about going back to these memories, you know, sometimes people will end up back in a very big traumatic situation, but there's big T and little T, right? There's big T trauma, like the big things like abusive things or the big events that happen in that there's what we call little T trauma. And that's the kind of the little things that alone we might not think are traumatic, but when they're kind of constantly happening over and over, they can create a wound. An example I use is like, if we have a hypercritical parent, you know, some people might not even think that that's a traumatic thing, but if your parent is always critical and criticizing everything, like I had a client the other day, she's like, everything I did was wrong and everything I said was wrong. And my mom always asked me, why are you doing that? Why are you doing it this way? Why are you doing it that way? That's do it this way. And she, she learned, I have to doubt myself. I can't trust myself. I don't know who I am. I don't know what to do. I have to be what other people want me to be. Hmm. So that's a traumatic situation to grow up in that. So yeah. there's a lot of things that are, can be traumatic for children that we may not think are even just not being heard, you know, like, right. Right. Not being I, one of my first episodes that I did was really about trauma um, with Anya Nyson. She's a, a therapist that I met back in, in Michigan. Mm. And we talked like all about this. So people can, can reference that if, if they want to check more out awesome. on the whole trauma thing. Because it's a much a, a much wider topic than yes. <laughs> it is made out to be in like oh, yeah. pop culture. So and just even you going back to that situation where you were sitting there, but, but there was still all of these things going on around you, right. That you were aware of. Um, and I Mm -hmm. forget the exact details. I don't have the notes in front of me. Plus, I don't know if you want to talk about details, but that is a period in time though, that was still very probably defining for Mm -hmm. you, for a lot of your beliefs and a lot of, you know, um, beliefs and patterns that were created from that time. Mm -hmm. So it's, Sometimes we go to things and people will say, oh, this doesn't even seem, this is weird. This seems stupid that this is coming up. It's so trivial. And they'll go back to this situation that in our conscious adult mind, we think is trivial, but to that little three-year-old, it was huge. Mm-hmm. You know, like the world is overwhelming for, for little, little children. So right. in our little nervous systems, you know, and so, yeah, we, we might end up in places that we are surprised that it had such a big impact, like certain things that we didn't realize how much of an impact they had on us until we go into it. And there's a lot of usually repressed emotions around these situations. And so that's another big piece of this is having the emotional release because we have so many repressed emotions. Mm -hmm. And that's another piece that I love about this work that a lot of work does not get into is that emotional processing and feeling the feelings and I always say, you hear this all over, like you have to feel to heal. So, mm-hmm. so we really get into the emotions too, of whatever it is, mm-hmm. anger, sadness, grief, rage. Yeah. I remember we, so in this memory, like we kind of have like present day me or like sitting with 
little Danny, like young Danny. I, I, maybe it didn't start with present day me sitting with her, but anyway, um, we talked a lot about what she was feeling, what she believed, what was going on around her, um, what she wanted to say, like what she needed. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was like really, um, I'd done a little bit of inner child work before this, but um, I think relatively simple inner child work. And this was much more in depth, which was really powerful. Um, like I had never asked those questions before. Um, so really, right. it was, yeah. This is, yeah. So, and this is, Again, and I say I keep saying this, but this I've never found any work <laughs> that goes this deep into the inner child work, you know. I mean, yeah. And it's so important to integrate those parts of us because that's the part of us that's stuck feeling scared, feeling afraid, feeling like I can't stand up for myself, feeling like I can't speak my voice, I can't set a boundary. What do you mean set a boundary? And I say this, um, what I'm learning. <laughs> Is that, well, and we already know this, that these are survival mechanisms, right? So I give this mm-hmm. example of um, saying no to someone or um, this shows up a lot. Like I have to take care of everyone else. Mm. So other people's needs are more important than mine. So what happens is when we're a child and we're have the, there's chaos around us or whatever's happening, um, we may have learned like, okay, as a child, I can't see, say no to my parent, for instance. If I say no... A mom, it can be a wide range of things that that child learned or believed that if I say no, then I might get hit or abused. If I say no, well, I might get rejected. Or if I say no, I'm going to disappoint my mom. And if I say no, I might um, make her mad or get, get in trouble or whatever. And then we just keep digging down into that and drilling down. And I'll say, okay, and then what happens? They're like, well, then my mom won't love me. And then what happens? Well, then I'll be alone. And then what happens? And then, oh, I might die. So literally these things are so ingrained. And if you come back up, it's like, oh, well, if I say no to someone, then I might die. Mm. And that doesn't stop playing as we grow up into an adult. It's still playing there. So that's why it's so hard for some people to even say no to people or to set a boundary because inside that little three-year-old is saying, we will die if we say no. We will get rejected if we say no. We will not be taken care of if we say no. We will get hurt if we say no. We will disappoint people if we say no. Hmm. And this is why like, it's so important to get down to the core of where this stuff began and shift it there. Mm-hmm. Because in our conscious mind, we may think, I need to learn to set boundaries and I need to learn to... And, and again, only 5% of our mind is that mm-hmm. conscious mind. And we may think really hard, I want to make these changes. But underneath that 95% of us, which is that child inside saying, hell no, I'm not going to say no because I'll get abandoned and I might die if I say no. And yeah. that's so much more powerful. And that drives our patterns and our, and again, we're not even aware of this sometimes. So it's so important to get down into the core of where did, where's the part of me that started believing that? And let me help reframe that for her. Let me create new neural pathways for her. Let me create a safe place for her, that part of me. Mm. And that part is so important to have someone finally telling that little three-year-old, it's okay. You're not responsible for everyone around you. You're not responsible for your parents. And, and I have people in the session that say, I'm not? Really? Mm. And it's like that child is, I'm like, what's the child doing? And they're like, no, she's like, no, I have to take care of these things. I have to do these things. And, and it takes sometimes a lot to even get the inner child to see that, okay, maybe I can trust what you're saying. And maybe I don't 
have to do these things. And it's so powerful. This is all happening again on the subconscious level where we're, we're um, more susceptible to the shifts and the changes. So it, it, it goes in easier. It shifts the changes and the decisions easier. Mm-hmm. And it's just a very healing, very healing process. Like I, I think yeah. inner child healing is, is again, one of the most healing things we can do to create mm-hmm. balance within ourselves and healing within ourselves and wholeness within ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I remember during this part when we kind of shifted into the okay, what does she need? And giving that and the the caring and the love and the like, I mean, that's all healing, but you know, that's where I feel like the, you start to kind of, um, like you're kind of crested, like you've just crested the, the hardest part, um, the most intense part. And like little Danny was just so grateful. Mm. Uh, it was uh, almost kind of like cartoon image in my mind, but like just like those super like wide, mm-hmm. twinkly eyes of like you mean, you mean this? Oh, <laughs> like, and, I love it. I love um, it. I love it. Yeah, and so I, I just I found the whole thing to be so positive. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, like I, I said, yeah. like my brain was mush after, but like happy mush. Mm. Sometimes after after deep work like this, like you feel still just kind of raw and and all mm-hmm. that. But there's an element of this that is, I want to say, like putting the pieces back together, yes. but kind of, you know, that kind of coming coming back into mm-hmm. reality phase. So let's talk about how how that goes. Yeah. It's so very healing on so many levels. Like there's so much happening in these sessions. Um, and there was something I wanted to say about, um, Mm. the inner child integration. Oh, and that emotional piece is so huge too, because often we Mm. we learned as children that I'm not allowed to feel or express emotions, right. Sadness Mm -hmm. or anger. I'll get in trouble. I'll disappoint my mom, all that same kind of stuff. And so it's so ingrained in a lot of us too, that I can't feel emotions or I should be ashamed if I feel emotions or I'm weak if I feel emotions or express emotions. So that's a huge piece of it too, is letting that part feel and express and tell them it's okay. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel scared, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's a huge part of the emotional release. Like giving them a voice. Yes. Yes. Now. Literally giving them a voice. What would they say if they needed to speak? Because our voice is very powerful, right? Like we know our thoughts and intentions are powerful and our voice is very powerful. And some of us are so shut down in that area. Um, so it's literally letting them speak. Um, mm-hmm. It's also healing. A, a conversation like between you and I, um, I'm just thinking as you were saying, like in, in some other things, perhaps you're doing an exercise by yourself and you're just journaling or this is all kind of happening in your head and perhaps you're saying these things or these things are happening uh, internally. But I, I think there's really a powerful element to actually like physically voicing it. Yes. Um, yeah. From that child part. Yes. Because we yeah. do that. We'll have the child speak and then we'll have our adult speak to the child. So that both mm. it's this internal dialogue that's happening, which is very healing. Yeah. Um, so coming out. So yeah, there's this whole integration and healing part. Okay. Give the child what he or she needed. Um, let's anchor in the new beliefs now because the old beliefs are no longer valid. We want to shift those. So we'll have, have you again, repeat them and say them out loud. I am worthy. I am enough. And, and see the child saying them with you and doing them with you. And, um, and this part is huge. It is. 
So some people can't so even funny. say the like they find trouble just even saying I am worthy, my needs matter, right. and they just like sometimes they're like I, I can't say that one, and so we'll do things to try to clear through that. And of course, you never have to do anything you don't want to do if you truly don't want to. But if they want to be able to say it, we'll do some little clearing things to to be able to do that. But it's very powerful because we're saying these words and being witnessed in these words that maybe we have never even thought ourselves and let alone said out loud, let alone said in front of another person. So, so it is, it's huge. It's, it's again, it's anchoring all that in. And, and again, we're in that hypnotic state and we're more susceptible to those suggestions and taking them in. And that child part's more susceptible to taking them in. So we really want to reiterate those new beliefs. I'm worthy. I don't have to please everyone else. It's okay for me to be happy. You know, Mm -hmm. my needs matter, all those things. And then we, um, depending on what's going on in the session, um, like sometimes we get into like cord cutting and if there's cords that need to be cut from different people. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot of energy work sometimes that may be tied in here. Um, but then we do a count up. So like I'll count, I'll say, okay, now we're going to come back into the room and we're going to come back with all these parts back together. And you know, all these things you've reclaimed for yourself and then releasing and letting go of anything that we don't want to hold on to and keep. So I count from one up to five and just really say anchoring in the beliefs that these are true. These are your truths. You know, those old things were lies, the I'm unworthy. Um, and then just kind of count you back up and giving you a moment to like open your eyes and come back. And then we'll, we'll usually do a little uh, debriefing mm-hmm. to see kind of what's going on. And people always tell me like these things that are happening and things they, they may say, Oh, this happened and that happened. And this was amazing. Cause I may not have gotten that in the session, but they'll tell me sometimes after, and I'm just always still amazed like, Oh wow, that's amazing. That's powerful. You know? mm. And then that's, that's a session. And they're generally 90 minutes. Um, from start to finish and we could go, it could go anywhere, you know? I mean, yeah, it could go anywhere. It's, hmm. it's, it's fascinating work. It's amazing and very healing work. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it is. It is so, it's so fascinating. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm a bit in awe of the whole, the whole thing. And also, um, I, people can't see your face right now. So, and we've had a few different conversations um, both through stuff with free range and, and now this podcast about hypnotherapy and, and your passion for it. And you um, you can really feel the like the admiration and the respect and the awe that you have for this modality and this practice and like being in this space with people. Um I mean, I've seen so that many times, you, like it bring tears to your eyes. Yeah. I'm going to cry now because I, oof, because I yeah. know how, hmm, mm. how powerful it is. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. I've never found anything that shifts things and changes things. And is so transformational on, on the levels like this work, you know, and I've done again, 20 something years of self healing work and and that includes mind, body, spirit work. And it's all kind of, we can go to a spirit healer, an energy healer, a physical healer, a body worker, a, a mental health therapist, and we can split it all up and go to all these different people. But to me, this work ties all of that together in one process and one modality and just beautifully ties it up and, and gets into everything. The emotions, I do feel like the emotional work is missing in a lot of a lot of those modalities, even like mental mm-hmm. health and mental health, mm-hmm. they don't even get into the emotional work or especially into the inner child work. And so 
I just know it's changed my life on levels that I can't even explain. I mean, I, I can't even put mm. into words. I've seen it also change many people's lives. And one of my best friends who does retreats with me, Colleen, she's, I mean, just seeing her transformation over the last two years from her doing it is just, it, it's, it's mind blowing. And, and again, I had major childhood trauma, you know, and I had sexual abuse and I had um, father abandonment and I had a depressed mother who was emotionally not there and emotionally absent a lot of the times and mm. dire poverty growing up in Mississippi on food, stamp, food stamps and welfare, living in the projects and trailer parks. I mean, I had a lot of trauma and, and I've done a lot of work over 20. I started again, when I was 17, I was arrested and started, it started a self-healing journey for me at 17. And, and I don't discount any of the work I had done up until then. And I know that every single thing is divinely divine timing. Mm-hmm. But until I found this work and it was in my four, I was like 40, I think I'm, I'm 45 now. So it was, I was like 39, almost 40 when I found this work. And I was like, wow, what if I had had this 20 years ago? Mm. You know, and it was like, this is it. This is the whole purpose of me being here. This is the work I'm supposed to help people with. This is like what I'm supposed to build upon. This is supposed to be my job, my career, my mission, my purpose, um, and, and I'm just here for it. I'm just here for it. I know it works and I know it's life-changing and, and not everybody wants to do it and not everybody needs to do it. And not everyone's called to do that deeper work and, and that's okay. But I'm here for the ones who do want that and are, are, are ready for that. And it, it's such an honor and such a sacred privilege to sit with people in these places of their deepest, darkest wounds and hurts and and hold them with just compassion. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a really, it's a really beautiful thing. And I bet people can just feel that through, through your voice. And I know it's so, I mean, from the the first moment that we talked about this, this stuff, um, it was very clear to me and yeah, it really, it really comes through in your work Thank and you. your <laughs> advocacy for this. And yeah. Thank so, you. Thank you. I'm, it's an yeah. honor to even be here uh-huh. talking about it with you and to have mm-hmm. sat in a session with you and held space for you. It's, it's an honor. It's every single session is such a, such an honor. And there's something healed in every session, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm just grateful to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Grateful to be a vessel. So yeah. a vessel for healing. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So uh, to kind of start wrapping things up here with the way that hypnotherapy is, you are able to work with anybody anywhere. So that's right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I can work with people all over virtually. Absolutely. Yeah. Super. I'll be sure to link all the stuff to find you, um, Burkholder Wellness and all of the cool work. And you're also involved in doing retreats and things like that. Mostly, I think, kind of in like North South Carolina. You guys might do some stuff like internationally, but yeah, we're we're yeah. working on that. We have one maybe yeah. coming up in Canada, and we're we're trying to get. We want to have a retreat in every state at some point. So mm, that's cool. So we'll see. But um, yeah. we have virtual <laughs> retreats too. So now we're doing these virtual inner child retreats. Okay. So that also will be. Um, that is through Healing Circle of Fire. So my colleague and I created Healing Circle of Fire retreats, and that's where we do the in-person and virtual retreats for inner child healing and um, mm-hmm. and doing all this inner work. So yeah, yeah. So we'll be sure to have links to to all that stuff so people can you know work with you in, in a variety of ways if they feel so called. Or 
I mean, I, I feel comfortable saying like you're the type of person if somebody wants to shoot you an email and just say like, hey, hypnotherapy is cool. You know, <laughs> talk to me more about it or whatever. I, I feel like you're talking Absolutely. To absolutely. <laughs> and I even have on my um, website, there's a link where you can schedule a 20 minute free phone consultation to discuss if it may be right for you or not. So mm-hmm. definitely. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll probably grab some other links from you if there's books or websites or whatever. If people just kind of want to read more about that, we'll we'll have that all linked in the show notes. And uh, yeah, I I just feel so good about this conversation. Um, (laughs) And we're both just smiling away. I know. I love it so much. This is my favorite. This is so good. Thank you so much for you. all of the work that you do and at uh, all of the work that you've done, you know, your whole, your whole life um, leading you to this. Uh, and it's just, it's really beautiful. It's really oh, beautiful. So, you. you know, give thank yourself you. a hug today thank for you. that. Thank you so much. And I always <laughs> say when, when one heals, we all heal. And when we heal ourselves, we heal the world. So I truly believe mm. that. So, and thank oh, you absolutely. so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Um, talking with you and speaking with you and doing a session with you. It's just, you're just amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks Liz. Namaste dear friend. Namaste. Well, thank you so much for tuning in dear listeners. You can find Liz and all her amazing work and some other cool resources at the links in the show notes. As always, this podcast is made possible by Free Range Psychiatry. You can check us out at freerange.org. And if you have any questions, thoughts, or feedback, feel free to get in touch with us. You can send me an email at podcast at freerange.org or message me on Instagram at psychiatria podcast. And remember, if you like what you heard, follow us on your podcatcher of choice and leave us a review. It really helps to spread the word so that others can learn about true soul healing. All right, dear listeners, take care, stay curious, and I'll catch you next time. Thank you.